Welcome to Mindful Living with me, your host, Athea Davis, where I help you thrive, shine, and feel fully alive in all aspects of your life. It's equal parts informative, insightful, and inspiring. My guests and I share information and perspectives on a wide variety of topics to help you awaken and simply be and become a more aware and connected human aligned to their greatest truths, values, and potential. Remember, the world needs your unique spark in action. So let's breathe deep, shine bright, and light up the world a few shades brighter. Hey there, you are listening to episode 133, Education, Policy, and Purpose, with my special guest today, Dee DeBose. Dee is not only a colleague, but he's also a friend. I'm so looking forward to you listening to our conversation today. Let me give you a snapshot about Dee. Dee is an educator, organizer, and advocate for effective K-12 schools. Born in rural Alabama, Dee's educational journey was impacted by both federal, state, and local policies that limited his overall school experience. With that at the center of his work, he has spent the last five years gaining insight as a classroom teacher at KIPP Texas and speaking out as an organizer with One Houston in Houston, Texas. In this way, he hopes to use these stories and experiences in his work as he is starting his dual PhD in education policy and K-12 administration at Michigan State University. Go Spartans! (laughs) With this additional context, he envisions working with students, families, and leaders as a district leader to bring about effective research-based practices inside of rural schools. That's a tongue twister. Rural schools. Did I get it? I don't know. We'll say that's good enough. I am so happy that uh, you are tuning in today and for you to dive right into my conversation with Dee DeBose here on episode 133 of Mindful Living with Athea Davis. Please enjoy and I will see you on the flip side. Well, I want to welcome you, Dee, to Mindful Living with Athea Davis. I am super excited, like super excited (laughs) to have you on this show because not only are you a guest, but you are a friend, someone I I don't give this title to many people when I say soul brother, but just because (laughs) of your our connection and 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 how meaningful it is to me and, and it's been on our journey together in our friendship. So I am super excited to have you, Dee, on the show. Welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I just appreciate just our connection over um, the years and it is it is definitely been a journey. So thank you so much. Yes. So I, I love to ask my guests to really kind of start with their journey into what they're doing. And, you know, in, in this moment, in this time, you're an educator. And how did you get involved in education? What was the spark? Was there one thing? Were there like multiple things? Did you like resist and finally say, fine, I'm going to (laughs) go like, tell us all about it. No, I love that. Thank you for this question and centering in the why. I think for me, um, school has always been a place that I love. I love going to school Um, as a kid growing up, um, trying to impress both my teachers and my parents. Um, And then as a teenager, um, causing a lot of pain points for my teachers and my family. (laughs) But school was just that place (laughs) where I could get it all in, right? Whether it be, again, impressing or on the other side of the spectrum. Um, But I find myself in a very interesting concept of schooling because Mm -hmm. it was the place where I was. I could do all of the things, but it was also when I think about my academic skills at the time, I necessarily Mm -hmm. did not have them. And so Mm -hmm. I I find myself now, you know, as an educator, because I want to reimagine what is that school that I felt safe in, making sure that all of the students can feel safe, right? And they have exactly what they need to be able to live a prosperous life. Um, And so, yeah, I think it was a calling because I necessarily did not want to be a teacher at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Did not want to be an educator at all. And I um, I fumbled around with it. um, But I think it's exactly where my heart and my soul needs to be in this particular time. I love that you mentioned the calling. I 
I too feel like what I do is a calling and I struggled with it. Like I felt like I got signs probably years earlier and I was resisting and I resisted for a long time and it just like, it wouldn't go away. (laughs) It just kept coming back like this annoying friend (laughs) you know like you're cute and all but go away but anyway um i finally leaned in but um you said something and i want to dig a little deeper you know you talked about you love school and you were all the things in in whether it was primary middle school college etc but something was missing with your academics like you when when did you realize that? And what was that realization like? And why do you think that was? Like, what was what was the missing ingredient? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think that's what I'm on the hunt to f- figure out right now. I think I realized, although I was at the top of my class, although I was in beta club and did all of these things, I realized that I was not academically prepared um, upon receiving my ACT scores. Um, mm. I received my ACT scores and um, I didn't know anything about the ACT. I just knew that if you were going to college, it was a magical test, right, that yeah. you had to take. And I remember going through that process and receiving my results, right, uh, and being astonished, being shocked, right, being confused, like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm at the top of my class, but why did I just score make this score, right? I was not deemed college ready. And I think it was at that point where I, and I think we'll talk about this later, mm-hmm. right? Where I started to attach my self-worth to that number, right? Like that oh, yeah. I wasn't worthy, right? Like I started to have low self-esteem. But then also on the contrary, I was very motivated to prove to myself and mm-hmm. to others that I belong. And so there was just a very interesting time period. But it, it to your to, to answer your question, it didn't happen until my senior year where I saw it like with a score that I wasn't academically ready. Mm. Um, and yeah, that just sent me down this path that I've been been on for the last 10 to 15 years. Wow. Yeah, I definitely when you mentioned that identity issue of, oh wow, like this means I'm not worthy of whatever goal or dream that I have. Um, and I want to, so I want to, I want to dig deeper there too. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I do. Um, and I wonder like, had, had you experienced like in your own journey, like up to that point, have you ever, do you ever remember like questioning your worth or was it like, Mm. that was, that was a bright, like, to me, it sounds like that was a bright line in your journey and your development where perhaps for the first time you were really questioning and and mm. I don't know if this is true um so I would love to know if if that was and how did you how did you navigate that like that's such a challenging moment like it's interesting and and, it's, and on one hand you're saying yeah I was motivated but at the same time I was like fundamentally questioning my value my worth on a test score mm. no I had done all this other amazing <laughs> stuff. Right. Somehow this number began to impact who I thought I was and my worth in the world. Like that's crazy when you say it like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think I think those listening, you may not have had a test and mm. you may not have felt like you are not val it may not be a test for you, is what I'm saying. You, it may be a different experience. So those that yeah. are listening, you might feel like oh, well, that's interesting. Let me think about that. Maybe mine was I was in a relationship or it was a certain experience that I've had, you know, in my life with, you know, um, trying out something new and different. And I failed at that. Mm. And that had me like question my worth at doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. So anyway, going back to the question, um, how did you how did you navigate that like was it like this constant i I don't know uh, like uh i guess was it just like this struggle that kind of reared its ugly head sometimes along your Mm. journey um did you just push that voice back and like Mm. let the motivation side of you keep full steam ahead going into college 
Tell us about that time period. Yeah, I think I love these questions so, so much. I'm like getting so, uh, <laughs> so excited to answer all of these. I think your first question, um, did I experience anything like this prior to me seeing this test score? The answer, the short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. um, the long answer is that it was, it was caked up in other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I had felt unworthy, but I would get food, you know, that night, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, wait, is it really unworthiness? Because, you know, if this person treated me this way, I was a little confused, right? Because I really yeah. did, couldn't juggle what what that felt like. I know it would be moments, but then it will be, like I said, a process with, with other layers of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this was the first moment where it was like, this is it, right? Like, this is a test score. There's nothing else that I could do. Like, mom could not just come in and say, all right, got some pancakes for you, right? Like, it was like, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> so, and, you know, like, the test company didn't call me, like, offering me all of this. It was just, this number just was attached, again, to, like, my overall value. Um, but, in, but, but, but in terms of like college and even, you know, graduates, you know, and even as a teacher and even to this day, I've not, um, I've just come to a space where I'm open and able to share that, right? Like so many people who know my story, right? Who know what I've been able to do in, in college as well as in graduate school. They had not known that the motivating one of the motivating pieces was scoring this low, low score on this exam. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so funny that like my sister, I was like, hey, like, do you know why I'm like taking this journey or like taking this path the way I am? She's like, I don't. It's like I'm scored a 15 on the ACT. And she was like, wait, what? You do what? So I think it's interesting that I'm now coming to a space where I'm beginning to share and like open myself up right yeah. to allow people to know that i am not invisible and like um that like i'm taking this path for an intentional reason to ensure um that i can speak speak to my own truth so powerful what you were sharing because i mean failure is hard and i think when we though we me included those listening think about our own like failure, right? Like, and I'm air quoting, um, where we feel like, oh gosh, I failed this test or I failed this relationship or I failed, um, figuring out the, the right major or whatever that failure is, or I've failed at obtaining the skill or I've failed at not finishing a race. It doesn't matter. Fill in your own blank. And then we say, you know what? Well, I, I'm just not going to like, there's that tendency that you want to say, I'm just going to give up because that means that I can't do it. So either I'm going to do it right and not fail or right. Like there's this misunderstanding that failure is a great lesson mm. um, that, oh, well, why, why did that happen right. on this test or why? Did that relationship not work? What happened yeah. in that friendship that it's teaching me something? Um, and so I love that you didn't allow that moment to define your ultimately, like, even though you struggled with the 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 worth and the value issue, right? But you didn't ultimately let it define you because you kept going. You kept saying, uh, no, that's that. <laughs> But do you think you're just like wired that way? Was there someone in your life that was like motivating you? Was it, was it like that? Was the failure the thing? I say failure, like I didn't make the score that I, I wanted, whatever that score that you wanted to get. And you realize, oh my gosh, this is, there's a, like a dissonance with who I thought I was and what this paper is saying. Mm, right? Yeah. Yeah. As if the paper defines you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but was it was it the was that moment was getting that score the motivating factor, like in all caps, or were there other things you had other people that that were kind of cheering you on and and not letting that like ultimately define your own journey? Yeah, I think it was the motivating factor. I, I do feel like I had uh, different champions in my life who you know put a lot of poured a lot of seeds into me and made me the person that I am, you know, to, 
today. Um, but I, I think it was the motivating factor where I wanted to make a conscious decision that, you know, I knew the person and the student that I was capable of being and just the human that mm -hmm. I was that like, this did not define my overall intellect. And I did not want to mm -hmm. be attached to that at all. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, 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 I do think it was it, it, it was that right. Um, but um, like I said, I think it was other people. And then it was, I think it was also like my family, like the environment, um, both my mom and dad, they had graduated only with their high school um, diploma. And I, mm -hmm. I just wanted, you know, I just was like, oh, like, all right, this is not going to stop me, right? Like, I'm not going to be intimidated by this, right? I'm going to do whatever is necessary and more to ensure that, um, I'm proving this test wrong. Like, I think that was the mm. whole thing was like, I need to prove this thing wrong because that's not me. Ooh, that's, that's a powerful statement too. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. I, th it's not that it, like, it's not me. Like, right. No, the test, like, mm. so I'm going to prove that test wrong and I'm going to accomplish all these things that we're, we're going to get into with your journey. And I think it, it's awesome that you're sharing this because it normalizes. Like we live in such a high stakes testing world in education mm. these days with, um, and data is important. It's important to get the data. I'm not saying by me making that statement, I'm not like criticizing the data and the information. And at the same time, the test isn't everything. Mm. It doesn't yeah. give you every piece of data that will prove that a student will be successful yeah yeah you know and and so then we have to look at well what other pieces of information help us understand so we can have you know better informed practices to help our students along their own journeys and it's important for students like even listening to the story like oh like well okay if i i bomb this standardized test it's not the end you know, and looking at that as an opportunity to say, I'm going to prove this test wrong. What, how did you end up doing that? Yeah, I think I like started to do the things, right? I began to become studious, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Begin to work is on, I begin to focus on the process of like things. And I know you and I have had conversations around this, but I began to, you know, do everything necessary leading up to the exam so that I didn't have to worry about the exam. Right. And so like mm. when I think about a big test or if I think about a big um, engagement or situation, right, like there's steps along the way that we must take to, in order for that big day. Right. And when I reflect mm. back to um, that um, college entry exam, I had not excuse me, I had not taken those steps along the way, right? Like I showed up for the big day ready and willing to show off all of the learning that happened like in my school yeah. district. But when I think about the process of just being able to show up, I don't know if I had done that. And I think college was an opportunity for me to showcase that, right? And put that, mm -hmm. put, put all of that, which I did not know at the time, yeah. <laughs> put it all into practice. You have to wonder too, and I wonder, do you ever think about, <laughs> excuse me, the educators in your high school years that didn't, like, why, like, inform students of the process of what it takes to take an exam of that nature? You know, like, yeah. was it just assumed? Like, yeah. you just, this is, you take the test and, like, that's it? You know, it's interesting, right? Like, that when you think back on your experience that you went through and nobody shared. And and I think I find myself sometimes even reflecting in my own journey. And if I think back to just a lot of things like financial aid or financial literacy, or it, I, it really put me in a precarious place, mm. not having that information or that knowledge and having to stumble a lot to figure that out where I, and I thought back, well, how, how do other people know this? And then I mm. thought, well, maybe because I was a first generation college student, nobody mm. in my family could like give me that information. They have no idea. Mm. And so maybe many of those that 
seem like they like they knew they already had that information nobody really like you don't talk about like we didn't talk about things like that as friends mm. <laughs> you know yeah but reflecting back i realized oh okay well they had parents that were in college they they probably had those conversations i don't know for sure but it was just something that as i was thinking just even in like my own journey just not not having it laid out yeah way, right yeah, like yeah here we'll teach you this but we won't teach you like how to be out in the real world yeah and yeah. To, and like how you're going to take the knowledge you've gained and apply it on this test so you can take the next step in college absolutely yeah i, I think about like what you're saying like there were not it was things were not in alignment in the way that it potentially could be right and I, I i do think you're right i also think that there may have been people talking about that information you know mm-hmm. um there may have not been i i really can't remember uh, but yeah. i think in so many different ways i think something that you you just said that like how can the things that i learned inside of the classroom be transferable to the things that i'm also applying to this test mm-hmm. right and how can the things that can be a part of the things that I'm going to see in life, right? It can be helpful to that process too. So uh, you just made me think of something too. And, and, and maybe there were like, maybe mm. there was like a conversation going around campus, but it made me think too of the power of who like we're so surra- like when we think about family, right? Like, and I was like, in my example, or, you know, um, I, I, nobody was having these conversations at home because that's not their experience. And so like, I didn't have that supplemental conversation to really know, to pay attention to that. Mm. Right. Like Mm. to zone in on information like that or how important maybe something like that was Mm. like, I'll just figure it Mm. out. And then when I figure it out, like you miss deadline, you know, you miss things (laughs) and you're like, Oh man, that's a big mess up or whatever the case is. But it just made me think too, um, how important it is to have those relationships with families, Mm. right? Like even if you, you know, you're not a college graduate and you have kids that you really are putting that seed for them to to go for that, right? To yeah. go to college, to be a first generation college student, but you don't have that experience or the language, but if you have that relationship with mm. the with the educator at the school, then you might have a different perspective and can bring in like a different conversation mm. with you know, your with your kiddos in your own home. And it just made me think of how powerful and important those relationships can be. You know, I know like educators are limited on time, um, but like what small things that can be shared in a way that, you know, that's doable, right? And practical with the other hundred things on on their plate. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Uh, So, so you go through college and how did you end up? connecting what inspired you to to uh connect with teach for america you said you had a little bit of resistance with becoming an educator and like uh, where did you think you were going to end up and what ultimately had you connect to teach for america yeah no this is a good question i think so when i first got to alabama state i was an undecided major i really didn't know the path that i was going to take um i wanted to be a principal of a school but then again like it was like well i don't know if i necessarily want to be a teacher um and so education and political science were the two majors that i was eyeing mm-hmm. um and i ended up choosing physical education um mm-hmm. so i majored in physical education um, but then I became highly involved as a student at Alabama State. I got involved with Golden Ambassador, which was a top premier organization. The only elite students got into their organization. That's what they said. Um, <laughs> I love then- <laughs> it. I love it. Especially after like your experience with, with the test trying to define who you were. Here you are like shining <laughs> it out. All right. I love that. Yeah. And then I like became involved with SGA, Student Government Association, where I was the SGA president um, my senior year, and then a few other organizations. And so 
maybe my junior or senior year when I was almost about preparing to graduate, I was a physical ed major, but I was talking to a mentor of mine. I think the power of mentorship, talking to a mentor mm. of mine, thinking about switching my major to political science. I was like, I don't necessarily want to do education. It is not in alignment to my soul. Like I just felt some of the classes, they're, they're also very, very challenging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mentor was like, yo, like you have one more semester, one more year graduating physical education. And then, you know, you can get your master's in public administration, mm-hmm. right? Like right. you can get it in, in something else. Um, and so at that time, I think I like held on to that seed. Um, and that's what I did. I graduated um, that following December. Um, and uh, after graduation, I did not do Teach for America. I taught in Alabama. So I taught in Alabama oh, physical I didn't education. Know that. Okay. Yeah. I taught physical education for six months. I remember um, you said like that was not your thing. Yeah, it was not my thing <laughs> at all. Like they were like, coach, coach, coach. Like I was I was coach <laughs> to a high school. Yeah. I think I was 21, 22. Oh, um, wow. Young D coaching. Yeah, young D. And like, I'm a slim guy. Uh, uh-huh. And so some of my students were bigger than me, like muscular, like coming in. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I wrapped that up in June and I jumped into policy. I went to D.C. and started working with my congresswoman. And I started my uh, two months later, I started my uh, master's program at Texas A&M. And so policy was something that I was looking forward to. and then I graduated from two years past and I graduated from Texas A&M or about to graduate from mm-hmm. Texas A&M. And I really don't know where I'm going. I'm like, you know, I have this policy degree. I can go back up to D.C. and make my mom proud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw this flyer on the wall. It was Teach for America. And I'm like, you know, I've tried teaching out, you know, maybe this is not for me. And I like looked into it and I saw that, you know, it was, I learned more about it, right? It was a two-year program. You can get involved. You can go off and do policy work. And I was like, hmm, this is really interesting. Um, and so I applied. I remember having that conversation with my mom was the most challenging, one of the most difficult conversations that I've ever had, telling her that I was going back into the classroom after getting a master's degree and moving out to Texas. Like she had all of these things that I was going to, you know, go out to DC and do like some very important Uh, work. So it was very very challenging. Um, But I honestly don't, I think that you know, joining Teach for America has been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Um, I think mm. the network of folks with the with the with the knowledge, um, the connections, and just with the access, just to be able to think about education um, in, a, in a in a different way. So I, I I really appreciate that, and it definitely has been a journey. When I when you asked this question, me dating back to all of those steps, yeah all of those steps that it took me to get to where I am today. I'm really grateful for the process, um, but it is very humbling just to be able to look back at it right now. I love that. I I mean, gosh, it would be too, wouldn't be uninteresting if it was just a straight shot, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, for those that don't know anything about Teach for America, can you maybe shed a little bit of light on like what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Teach for America is a uh, teacher program. Um, it is a two-year commitment where scholars um, come into the program and they learn a various amount of knowledge around what it is like to be an anti-racist teacher leader. Um, but they also get development throughout their two-year experience. So they are uh, they have access to a coach. They have access mm-hmm. to like a, a huge network of folks who have also done Teach for America, and it's just a good way to you know. Think about education on a collective level versus mm-hmm. an individual level, right? And I think about my experience of graduating from a teacher education program as an individual versus like having a group of folks like thinking about this same thing together. Um, I think that was like the transformative piece, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And like even looking back, like at my experience, I think that put me on this trajectory that I'm on right now. I love, I mean, hello. I mean, D, like, I just go back to that ACT and it's like, well, I mean, not only did you prove it wrong, like, you ripped it up. <laughs> like, let me show you. Um, 
And and now I want to lean into just a little bit about like when I met you at Kip mm -hmm. and how well well wait let's so you were at Teach for America and did from Teach for America you went to Kip was that the leap yeah so Teach for America partnered me with Kip okay so I was they Teach for America and Kip together okay got it and so I remember meeting D and he was our ELA teacher in middle school and at Kip Journey, primary and middle school, not, uh, they're just now in their year four. So I, I, you know, many of those listening, I'm a mindfulness educator. I knew D, but we weren't very cl like close. I mean, you're a teacher, like when you're teaching, you don't have time really for any conversation you're teaching and you're just putting out fires and you're just trying to like, make it through the day, figure things out. And plus it's such a big school and we were just on different sides of, of the, the campus. We knew of each other and briefly talked, you know, about student issues. And then I, this was during the pandemic. And so I would come into your class and do my mindfulness lesson when it was time, because I, we students weren't moving around at the time. So instead of students coming to me, I would come to them. So all students would be staying in the classroom. So prior to the pandemic, they would come to me. And I was so curious, uh, you know, some of the students were reading the novel Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I hadn't read that novel. And, you know, I'm always looking for or I try to find ways to connect with students about their worlds and what they're doing. And you were doing a lot of great things with, reading and connecting students to literature that represented who they were, what they look like, having black and brown heroes in the story. And so I was always um, inspired by seeing your commitment and your dedication. And so I had already admired what you were doing, even though we didn't have any conversations about it. And so I thought, oh, well, here's another book, you know, like, here's what D showing his students now. Let me, or Mr. DeVos, and um, <laughs> let me check it out. And then I saw that you had some extra copies in the room. And I remember asking you on my way out one day, hey, do you mind if I borrow a copy of the novel? I haven't read, or nothing, it's not a novel, but um um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Cause now my brain is just stuck on novel, but, um, it, he talks about his experiences, um, with, uh, the juvenile justice system and his experiences with being, you know, an attorney and like fighting in the juvenile justice system. And so memoir, <laughs> that's yeah. what I was like, what is that word I'm looking for? Memoir. It's a memoir. Um, and so I wanted to read the book because I had also had experience uh, many years working with youth in the juvenile justice system. I was like, I haven't read this. And D, let me borrow the memoir. And he said, under one condition that we would talk about it. And he said, <laughs> of course. And I read the memoir pretty quickly. And I remember texting you or and saying, hey, I read it. I loved it. Here's, you know, I shared um, one of the things I remember about this memoir is where Brian, he's talking about, I think it was his grandmother and he's, and, and I think his grandmother saying something about how to really understand anything that, you know, you can't intellectualize it. Like you have to get uh, close. Uh. And, and for me in my own personal journey, being a mindfulness educator, particularly being one in predominantly black and brown schools and being a white woman coming in, when I started that journey, I knew I had to, I could intellectually know about racism in our country or how that exists, but I don't, I don't really know on that level because I am not a black or brown person hmm. and people, at least when I was growing up, we didn't engage in conversations like we do today. And maybe many people still don't have conversations like that today, but just the nature of the work that we're going to get to and like many conversations we've had. But, um, I wanted to know how I could connect with my students in a really authentic way. And so I like began um, working with an organization and mentoring youth in the juvenile justice system. I began learning more about the uh, school to prison pipeline. I <clears throat> just started doing all of that. And so it was really <laughs> that quote, going back to the quote, you have to get close. So it's like, okay, what's it going to take? Like, what does that look like? And again, like 
it was just a voice inside that was propelling me in that direction. And so uh, the book was awesome. I love the memoir. If you've never read it, definitely read it. And so you and I ended up taking a walk. <laughs> Excuse me, in Herman Park. I'm going to get a big drink of water. And became really, um, we became friends and we had very deep conversations about um, all the things, you know, healing, trauma, racism, education. So I'm going to pause there and kind of let you share a piece of your story in that so I can cough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think when Thea, thank you so much for uh, asking to borrow just mercy. You know, when I reflect back into this connection, I think it was, it, it, it was that, right. It was that very moment of, um, us even coming together and I think like you know to listeners right like finding that thing <laughs> you know with someone at your school or wherever right that you can be able to talk about to develop deep and authentic and meaningful relationships so mm -hmm. one just shout out to you, you. Um, and just want to pay that forward to the folks who are listening um, I think yeah I think beautiful things came out of it all i think like when i think about my journey like my healing journey i think um you athea were a, a big seed uh in it um and played a huge part into the person that i am today and i, I you know i was reflecting on this question i was like you know I, you know i just think i stumbled on it right like it just being being open to small things each day and looking for those moments of like, hey, I don't know anything about this healing journey, but I'm just going to listen and I'm just going to yeah. take it in. Um, and I think I started to do that, right? Like I started to do that, started to listening to people around like, hey, I do this or hey, I do this. It makes me feel this way. And, you know, was taking on by it. And I, I, I remember, um, uh, I think you invited me to yoga uh, once before. I think it was on a Friday. Um, it was a Friday. Yep. It was after it was school. A, after school, uh, but I did not know the rules of the yoga studio. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was like a seven minute process or a seven minute late policy. Yeah, and I think I showed up maybe 15, 20 minutes. Didn't have a man. I was like, oh, like just here for yoga. And then, like, <laughs> And the person behind the desk was like, oh, like, so sorry. And honestly, I think I was a little relieved that, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank because, God. I've never, thank like... God. Like, you know, I can text the theater like I made it, but I was not able to come in. Maybe next time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I let that one moment get me down though I don't mm. think I you know although I was nervous and although I was scared because it was something new something that I had not done before um I still had that idea still had that thought I, I remember getting on Twitter and asking like you know has anyone done yoga before and like so <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious what does my twitter feed say about this right, right 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 and like so many of like my male mentors that i look up to said they had done yoga right because i was at the time i thought like yoga was only a woman thing yeah. i thought women were the only people who done yoga and i was so uneducated and so ignorant on that thought but like getting those thoughts thoughts and those like yes like i do yoga and like it is the best thing that i've done i'm like wow i'm going next week <laughs> <laughs> like I this is the confirmation this. oh this my god <laughs> you went to get confirmation from your twitter community and you're like okay i'm in now i love I'm that in. i am in and so i started taking a beginner course wednesdays and you know it has i've not looked back it has been um one of the highlights and definitely a tool that i've used to um, you know, on this journey and a tool that I think I will always have and hopefully I can share with other folks. So I'm just really yeah. excited, just really, really <laughs> excited about all of the things. But I think all of this, you know, just came out of that conversation, which I'm really, really grateful um, that you sparked that with your awesome sauce. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, it was just um, like, you know, sometimes where you just have this voice inside and it's so strong and it just says like 
ask the question or, you know, take that next step. And it was for me, it was one of those moments. I can't describe it other than it was just this loving, warm voice that said, read this book. Hmm. You need to. I don't know why. Hmm. You know, I mean, it kind of made sense, like based on my background, like, yeah, I would resonate with this, I think, you know, I think, and I hadn't read it, but there, but I'm happy that I listened. And one conversation led to another and you ended up trying yoga and got the confirmation from your Twitter community. (laughs) That's so awesome. I don't think I ever told you that. You never did. That is hilarious. (laughs) Um, and then you also, you participated, I was doing, um, leading a an educator mindfulness book study. And I just want to shout you out because you were engaged and committed and, and open um, to, like you were saying, like, just what am I going to learn in this process? And so I really appreciated your you're just the way you showed up, like your personal leadership in that and and how you were really committed to the curiosity. Um, we read the book Kindness Now. I've had the uh, author, Amanda Gilbert, on the show. Nice. And um, and we went through like a variety of practices together. And I just feel incredibly grateful for that experience, for that journey. Our relationship, our friendship deepened, you know, during that time. Um, and, and I think it was either in that process where I said, oh, you know what, let me just like invite Z to yoga and see if he would be interested. And then, um, and I'm so happy that you connected to that practice as a tool for healing. Hmm. And I would love for you to share how yoga, mindfulness, meditation, how have these practices, um, helped you now because you you're about to start an amazing new chapter working on your PhD at Michigan hmm. State University like shout out to you for that and like how how has it impacted you in this you know pandemic education experience I would love for you to just you know there are a lot of people that may still be like either on the on the line like i don't know you know about that or i'm i I, you know i i like the idea of you know this being a mindful educator you know taking on the practices but i'm not really sure or i'm just dipping my toe into the experience or and then like you were saying like you thought it was just you know women only did yoga like how Hmm. we all have these like perceptions of oh i only thought this person or that person does this. Um, so I'm going to stop talking <laughs> and just going back to the question, how have these practices impacted you personally yeah. and in in your journey as an educator and the way that you show up in the classroom and how you're taking the next steps into meeting your dreams? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... All of these practices, mindfulness practices, um, made me a better person. It made me a better, better, better son, a better roommate, mm-hmm. a better dog dad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right. A better <laughs> nephew, grandson. And I'm going through all of these identities for a reason, right? Mm. Because it cultivated and provided me with a sense of peace that I don't think I've never naturally had. Um, or like I can't remember right like some sense of wholeness and so like when I personally I just think you know just a better human being right Mm. like don't have real rage I don't know if I had it before but like just just a a better human and I'm just really really grateful um, to be able to you know stop process look at things from the entire um, look at all of the angles, right? Like have mm. a little self-compassion for, right? Because I don't know, I think like in this in this process or on this journey, I've just learned to uh, just stop and breathe, right? And I think, you know, that's just something that I've just been grateful for. Um, I, I, you made me think too, um, if I can just interject briefly here yeah, too, because sure. we t- also talked about this a little, well, we got to have coffee today, which was really nice. So we got to see each other earlier. <clears throat> um, 
but we, I think we briefly talked about how it, it's not common for men. Mm. And then particularly like just being a black male to yeah. talk about like feelings, mm. <laughs> you know, to even yeah. have the space for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would love for you to just maybe share just a snippet of what that's been like to reconnect that part of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. to reconnect to that part of yourself where it's like, wait a minute, this is who I am. Of course, like I, I can lean into that vulnerability yeah. and, and open up to, you know, in a way like that where even though I didn't grow up that way, mm. how do you think opening up in that way has impacted who you are in the class yeah. with your students, particularly your the male students in the class? Yeah. It has, I think, opening up in that way um, has made me a better teacher easily mm. and i think like being able to connect and show my you know all of my students but mm -hmm. particularly my black boys that hey it's okay to share the things or share your emotion and have emotional space and say like hey like what you said hurt my feelings right mm -hmm. like this made me sad and modeling that for them um because you're right like we, I, I didn't see that growing up. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't have that example. And now reconnecting to my emotional self has been a journey within itself mm -hmm. and also wanting to showcase that, Hey, like this is, this is a part of being human. And I would argue that, you know, when I'm able to share my true self and I'm able to share like the things that I am feeling when I'm able to be vulnerable you know, in, you know, in sharing a story, I'm able, able to deepen that relationship that I have. Mm, right. Yes. And so if I have that relationship, we don't have to worry about the data. We don't have to worry yeah. about the learning, right? Like a kid uh, or a student, right? Uh, they don't learn from anyone that they don't like, right? right? They learn from people that they trust, that they love, that they care about, that they have that relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I think once I begin to switch that lens, I begin to know, one, my students begin to know like who, who I was as a person, as a soul, right? But mm -hmm. I was able to be able to help them because I was able to learn in the same way about them and their family, so. Oh, I love that. So powerful because 100% like, <laughs> I even think like it makes sense like how why would I be interested in learning if I don't really trust that you have an interest in who I am as a person and I oftentimes I th I've been thinking about this lately like you know educators talk about like relationships all the time but I don't think a lot of people really hmm. spend time talking about what does it mean to have relationships and hmm. how to actually build healthy authentic ones you know you hear it you see it all over Twitter like relationship and everybody's like ah, relationship i don't know if you have seen that but oh yeah you hear it a lot but isn't it like when i think about relationship i think about vulnerability the big scary v word it's scary we don't want there's like this person that we project like who who we want people to see us as and yet like it's just a layer mm. and like if we can get that layer off and get to like who we are on a heart level, like that's where relationship is. Yeah. You no, know, and I think when I think about relationship, that that's something that comes to mind, but I often see that's missing in the conversation hmm. is that vulnerability piece, the the heart connection. Um, and I was also like it um it made me tear up too today. I was thinking about you had mentioned, um, I'm like going to reference all these people on the, on the show, but Charles, you know, and he's been on the show. So, you know, you guys may remember that I had a couple of students from Kip Journey on the show talk about their experiences with mindfulness practices, how, how it's influenced their life. But I love that he can talk to another black male <laughs> about mindfulness and meditation <laughs> and yoga. Like, Absolutely. Thinking about you sharing your story too, like you just didn't talk about that. Mm. 
wow, like that, <laughs> I just was so steeped in joy, like in gratitude, like the universe is just like, that was such a beautiful moment to just steep myself in. Like, I love mm. that. And, and I think about, um, what you share today, you know, mm. with your own journey into these practices and being open and how that transforms mm. that person you then become, who we become yeah. in any given space. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah. uh, yeah, and I like, again, just thinking about the relationship piece, you know, I, I, we could probably like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I should probably do like a whole episode on that because it, 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 relationships are hard. Um, there's a lot, like any kind, friendship, uh, with parents, with family, intimately, you know, all those things. <clears throat> and so much gets in the way of going even back to this idea of am I worthy or valuable wow. or things that we're not aware of hmm. and that, like we're not making those connections because we're just not like the light of awareness isn't on it and um and we're like why is this not working hmm. why am I not connecting with this person why are they not getting this material, you know? And then thinking to the heart connection. Well, why is there no heart connection? Well, who is it? How am I showing up in that space? Yeah. Who is this person? And what is that vibe, that energy that, I, that I'm giving off or not giving off? And how incredibly important that is to, to everything in, in our life, whether you're an educator in the classroom or you do something else, that that one piece, that heart to heart connection. And the thing that gets you there is the willingness to take a risk to, and it is kind of a risk because it's scary to dive a little more deeply into yourself. And, be, and it's scary because there's a lot of accountability there. <laughs> Where what And what I mean by that, it's like, I, you know, we grow up thinking like it's it's easier to point all the fingers outside of us. But then when we point fingers in and take the deep dive and just like who I am and how all these things have impacted me and and just like navigating that whole like inner terrain. <clears throat> and uh, and again, I know this is like a long explanation, but just thinking about relationships and shining the light of awareness and how when I think about the power of these practices and what you were sharing with me about who you are when you show up in the classroom, like that's what trans that's how it translates in my brain. Yeah. Like because it's like, oh, I can I can let a layer off and get to know you on on a on a different level. Yeah. Still have that like teacher uh, um, you know, student relationship dynamic, of course, but just that heart to heart connection. Yeah. I think as you say that, Athea, like you were up until that point of you asking to borrow that book. I I was a first year teacher um, at Kip Journey um, in the year, not of, it was 2021, 2022. Yeah. Like we had kids back, but we didn't have all kids. And it was just a really weird year. Mm -hmm. But I felt like an outsider it's so funny. I felt like an outsider with the faculty and staff at Journey up until the point that we connected, but I felt like family with, with the students because I was able to be vulnerable, right? Mm. And, and they were able to be vulnerable. And I think, you know, when I reflect back to that time, like, I don't know if necessarily as a, as a team, we were able to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, I think that was a challenge within itself, but I think like with the students, like, I, you know, it was, they knew me and I knew them, right? Mm -hmm. and, you know, of course, keeping it professional, but being able to uh, cultivate some really, really strong and enriching um, relationships. And, but, it, but they all were, to, to, to your point, they were all steeped in me being vulnerable first, of me sharing the story first mm. in the community circle of like, hey, this is how this is impacting my life. This is how yeah. I show up. Hey, y'all, I didn't, you know, this is something I share. 
I didn't read a book until I was 25. And they were like, yeah. wait, what? You're a reading teacher. Wait, how did he just say that? Right. Yeah. And like being so authentic in that story or stories that I was sharing my students to then allow them to feel, you know, safe enough to share whatever they wanted to share. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that it's powerful that and I look forward to you having a show about, you know, about relationships. Yes. Because I just think that is um, I think the how to is 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 something that I had to figure out for myself. I think so. you just said one of the big ingredients, though, is that vulnerability, right? Yep. Because and we've had some conversations, too, like outside of what we've talked about today is when we get into that big, scary viewer, the vulnerability. Um, it can like rub people the wrong way. Like we were talking about, like sometimes you have to read your audience, right? Meaning another person or maybe your students, you know, because me, I'm just like, cut the small talk. Can we just like dive on a soul level? (laughs) (laughs) Me too, Athea, me too. Not everybody's like that. (laughs) So I have to check myself and remember like, okay, we need to have an elevator conversation. Like, how's the weather? And like, that's okay. Like, but being able to read that. Um, <laughs> and, but there is a seed that we plant when mm. we can share a little bit about ourselves. I'm not saying, hey, like open up the whole world <laughs> to you know someone like, that's probably too much. Um, check out therapy, it's amazing. You know, and like, that's why those places exist. Um, But to share a little bit, like open up, whether it's about the test or like reading a book or, you know, um, I mean, I could mention and I've mentioned on the show before. I mean, this is kind of a big one, you know, just my struggle with my former spouse's depression and alcoholism and suicide and being a suicide survivor. But, um, you know, just like open those spaces because we're humans and I guarantee you everybody's struggling in their own way, whether you think, and and not, let's not compare like my struggles worse than yours. And like everybody's struggling in their own way because of the nature of who we are. And I think when we recognize that, like you can take a breath and say, okay, it's okay. (laughs) Like, okay, I'm not the, the only one. And, but when you, when you can show that vulnerability, you give, permission like even though we don't need permission but you give like this permission for others that have that great resistance you help them open that space and say oh i can feel relief like i can talk about this now because i just saw someone open up about that so that's awesome and i think that is an important ingredient thinking about relationships absolutely it's a vulnerability but if it's so scary like how would we even get to that space that's probably like, let me save that for the, the podcast and building those relationships. <laughs> yeah. D. Okay. So it's been amazing. Like be having you on the show. I feel like I could just talk to you and we can have like a four hour podcast, <laughs> but that would be like a totally new and different format. And I know you have a lot going on and you're packing and you're going to be yeah. leaving soon for your new journey. Can you give us a little bit of, of uh, just a snippet about like, where you're headed and what you're doing, like what your next chapter is going to look like. And then, um, and then we'll wind down and I have um, like a question I would love to ask about like challenge and how you've navigated challenge before, but we'll get there just, but rewind just a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about like this next step. Like, Absolutely. New chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I am moving to Lansing, Michigan. I'll be starting my PhD um, in both education policy as well as K through 12 leadership. Um, I am hoping to um, become Dr. D. Um, Dr. And- D, I love it. It's got a good ring. Yeah, and eventually go back um, and work towards being um, in leadership at a district level, um, Mm -hmm. maybe a superintendent um, in in a rural district where Mm -hmm. I come from. I'm still, uh, I am wanting to go back to ensure that students who want to go to college have the necessary skills to be able to go to college and Mm -hmm. not have to fight all of the things. So that little child and little teenager in me is still wanting to go back to ensure that everyone have a quality education so i love that and 
I'm so happy you're going to be going on this journey with all your mindfulness tools in your toolkit. I am so, I'm just like excited for you. I feel like, you know, you get, I'm proud. Like, gosh, like that's a scary thing. You know, when we, when change, we're talking about this, like change is scary. And I'm so um, just inspired too. just inspired that you are taking that leap and you feel that call and you're going to do some awesome sauce things. No doubt. Like I think about just my admiration that I have for you and who you are in the classroom and how you've impacted students and all the things that you've done to bring uh, culturally responsive literature to them to open up a world where they want to read that it, it becomes exciting to read and what that excitement will open up for them in their own educational journey. So that is just awesome. And I know you're going to take everything and who you were in that moment and just like tenfold on this new journey uh, for your PhD. Michigan State University is lucky to have you <laughs> um, in, the, in the program. Thank you so, so. much, Athea. I really appreciate it. Thank <laughs> of you. Of course. Okay, so let's wind down. It's been awesome. And I want to kind of, I want to close out with a couple of questions. One, I want people to connect with you um, and be along on your journey. So whatever you want to share in that regard. But before we do that, there is a question that I would love to ask and it's about challenge and like how, when is a time that you've navigated challenge and what got you through that challenge? Because again, like I was saying earlier, we're all human and I think the more we share about our own challenges and what got us through, we might feel a little more inspired to be open about our own challenges with others. And then others are like, okay, cool. Like I can normalize this thing and I can learn from someone else and how they got through it and it can improve my own journey. So the time when you navigate a challenge and what was the tool that helped you navigate that challenge? Yeah, love challenge. We love challenges. <laughs> um, it's so funny. I was thinking on this question and was trying to go back to a time where I navigated challenge and everything was good. Uh, but uh, I realized that I'm going like I am experiencing a challenge right now, um, mm. like and I'm in the heat of it, in the middle of it. Um, and I think, you know, the challenge is that, you know, I'm moving to Lansing, Lansing Michigan by myself. You know, I was supposed to get support. Uh, it did not happen. Um, and one, having a lot of like understanding and, you know, compassion for them. Right. But also two. You, I think I've really been honing into meditating. I think mm -hmm. meditating has provided me with a sense of, and like really focus on like gratitude and the things that I can do for myself mm -hmm. and the things that I need. And I think, I think meditating has been just a gateway for me just to offer perspective so I can, you know, have the conversation that I need to have or have had those conversations, but also to, uh, just breathe through it. Um, mm -hmm. And so it is still ongoing. Um, but I I do find, I think before it would just be like this whole eruption of like, I don't know what to do with this challenge, right? It would be me yeah. being upset, right? Yelling, screaming. Um, but I think I've just looked at this challenge as an opportunity to like, look at it from a different perspective and lean into it versus um, being upset and like looking or just nagging about an individual person. Mm. Uh, so that is yeah. powerful. I think when I listen to, you know, your answer, I think like a relief, like, oh, okay, challenge is okay. We can lean into it and like we can discover what we need and that answer along the way. And of course, as a, a meditator myself, I, I appreciate that you you know, under or talked about the value in meditation to when I think about how meditation helps us in that way, like it's not like you're pushing the challenge away, but it's you're just you have a different relationship with it. Like you said, a new opportunity or what's the opportunity in this? Absolutely. You know, and put your like little curiosity hat on. OK, OK, this is hard. Yep. Yep. All right. Going to step forward. What am I learning? And I think that's where the, in, in yoga, we say the rasa, the juice, the juice of life, the juice of life is in those moments. So don't shy away 
from the challenge, lean in, breathe, meditate, and uh, I know you're going to shine. You're going to shine. You. You're going to spread the awesome sauce here, there, and everywhere. And thank you so much for being on the show. Let people know where they can connect with you so they can follow your journey or just like connect with you wherever they can find you online, social media, share what we, what you would like. Absolutely. Well, before I uh, share my handles and social media, Athea, thank you again for the invitation. Um, this has been an honor just to be able to share all of the things and just be able to connect with all of your listeners. I'm really, really grateful for you as a person um, and all what you do for educators. So shout out to you. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate this. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Believe in Black Kids underscore um, kids with an S um, and underscore um, all lowercase. And then and I am pretty popular, I would say, on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Always following you, Athea. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can follow me at Darren L. Dubose on Twitter. Um, and if you'd like to email me, um, you can email me at dldubose, D-U-B-O-S-E. 20 at gmail.com thank um, you yeah. and i i'll link those so like in the show notes if everybody anybody's like listening and they're like oh i'm driving no worries i'll just link them in the show notes uh both social media handles and and your email address beautiful thank and you then, so awesome sauce to have you on the show today i'm grateful for um you sharing your story <sighs> your journey i know it will inspire and empower others and the in in like your own unique light where it will shine in their lives in their own unique way. So thank you for sharing uh, your journey, for taking the time, for being here today. And, um, and I'm just voting your victory always. Much love thank to you. you. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it, Adia. Hey there, and welcome back to the flip side of my conversation with Dee DeBose. You've been listening to episode 133 here on Mindful Living with Athea Davis, education, policy, and purpose. I do hope you gained so much value and gained a lot of insight, important information and inspiration from our conversation today. If you did, please take a moment to share it with your people so they can get on the Mindful Living Love and uh, take a screenshot, share it on your favorite social media platform, use the hashtag Mindful Living Podcast, that's with one L. Make sure to give D a follow. I will link his social media handle in the show notes. And if you are not yet connected to me on social, Let's do it. I would love to connect. You can find me at Athea Davis on all the social media channels and take a moment to subscribe to the show. And I would so appreciate a quick rate and review really lets me know that you're enjoying the content that I'm sharing and I uh, hope you're out there tuning into and spreading the awesome sauce here, there and everywhere. Remember, your spark in action matters. I'm voting your victory. And until next time, have an awesome sauce day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today's episode brought you tons of value and made your day feel a little extra vibrant. Share it with your people and take a moment to subscribe to the show. And let's stay connected. You can follow me on social media at Athea Davis, A-T-H-E-A-D-A-V-I-S, at Athea Davis, or visit my website, atheadavis.com, to sign up for The A-List, my free mindful living monthly resource, keeping you in the know for all the things to help you grow and glow. And you can also learn more about my programs, books, and resources. Until next time, have an awesome sauce day in every way.